Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh my goodness, we get to talk about Justin Fields and Kyler Murray today. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinal Podcast, your premier <laughs> Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star. Become a diehard. Pick up a piece of free merch. Go mm. phnx.com. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. Preview week, Chicago Bears, Arizona Cardinals, Marvin Harrison Jr. Where do we start? A lot of good stuff. Not a bad part there at the ladder, right? The latter stages of what you said. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. seems to be the prize for two organizations that haven't been doing a whole lot of winning recently. Uh, it's the the apple of the eye of the each fan base. And it's also a couple fan bases, Johnny, that uh, are in the corner or not in the corner of their yeah. current respective quarterbacks and Kyler Murray and Justin Fields. You know, Justin Fields and his 9-28 and winning percentage overall record whatever you want to call it you know i know we're going to hear from k1 later in the show and he's got respect for justin fields mm -hmm. but i'm sorry like i i have no patience for the people and we're going to talk to chgo adam hogue and i'm uh, I'm, I'm anxious to hear what he has to say about it i like in my opinion don't put justin fields ever in kyler murray's class <laughs> period point blank like get it get a new game like i like justin fields i think with a different franchise he would have had more success early on and probably would have had his you know fifth year option picked up maybe an extension but it just hasn't worked out and it's not going to work out frankly he's going to go somewhere else but kyler murray i mean kyler murray has been to the postseason kyler murray has won 11 games in a regular season his winning percentage while it's not where we would want it and a lot of that's on this franchise some of that's on him Justin Fields hasn't won 10 games in three years now now come on what are we what are we doing here but I understand like both highly touted High school recruits both played college football at the highest possible level. I thought Fields was fantastic. I used my favorite outside of Trevor Lawrence that year. I thought he should have gone second overall over Zach Wilson and, of course, bust Trey Lance. But you just think about, you know, can he have a second act after Chicago? Thankfully, we won't have to worry about that with Kyler Murray. Bless you. As he sneezed yeah. there. But here's the thing, like, and, and I was listening today, I think it was NFL radio, it was like Charlie Weiss, former offensive coordinator for the Patriots and, and NFL and the head coach of Notre Dame. And he said, and basically outlined, like, and I think Kyler Murray fits this as well, but yeah. Justin Fields right now, because it's all based on, it's based a lot on potential. It's like you see the skill set and it becomes very tantalizing. And if you're like wor worth your weight, 
as a play caller that you should be able to find a scheme to fit that skill set. Yeah. And I think that that sometimes like it will pay off for you. Hopefully it will pay off for Drew Petzing and Jonathan Gannon and betting on Kyler Murray's skill set and that they can marry that with a great game plan and Kyler Murray can follow through with it. Right. Uh, same thing goes for whoever gets their hands on Justin Fields next, whether it's in Chicago or it's elsewhere, you know, you, you know, the skill set is there, but can they kind of, can, can they unlock that beast and put it in a position for success? Because, uh, you know, you can, you can kind of, you can tailor the numbers to look really, really good, especially recently with Justin Fields. You can, you know, put together his 17 game stretch, but in reality, you look at the bears, their win loss record, like has he been successful enough for them to win and consistently enough to get to the postseason, the answer is no. So then the questions come, why is that? Yeah. And I like, you can think, and granted, we're Cardinal fans. We follow this team. I can think of many times where Kyler Murray has risen to the occasion, nationally televised games, the Sunday night game against Seattle, the Monday night game against the Dallas Cowboys, like big ticket games for this team, you know, at Chicago. I mean, locking up a postseason berth at Dallas in 2021. When's the last time Justin Fields has won a big game in the NFL? I can't think of maybe ever. Is is his biggest win of all time two weeks ago at home against Detroit in the early slate of games? That's what it feels like. Yeah. I can't remember. You you like to talk about Fields versus Dobbs from about a month ago, and we're watching those teams trade field goals, and Fields basically gave that game away, and then they you know his defense rallied, and they they stole that win against Minnesota. But listen, at the end of the day, like the the reason why this is so prevalent and relevant is because the Bears are going to have, barring something unforeseen, the first overall pick, at the worst, the second overall pick, right? Like, we assume Carolina, if they win one more game, you know, if the Patriots lose out, the Patriots would would jump them. But it, and let's see, the, if we could, let's look at the draft order, Damon Dog, real quick, because I this is important to kind of contextualize. The Chicago Bears are going to fire Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, potentially maybe only one of them, but... Eberflus is probably getting fired, especially after that loss at Cleveland last week, Fields versus Joe Flacco. So you're going to saddle Justin Fields with a third head coaching staff? Remember, it was Matt Nagy and company that drafted him. Didn't play him much as a rookie. He got in, saw some action. Then you've got two years of Eberflus. Both years going to be under 500. Like, I get it. The defense is playing well, and Eberflus defensive savant, former D.C. in Indianapolis with Jonathan Gannon. But, mm -hmm. man, I just... You look at this, Marvin Harrison Jr. does exponentially more for the Arizona Cardinals than he does for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And, you know, I talk about the cockiness potentially from like a hypothetical play caller uh, or arrogance, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that would say, hey, I can I can I can get I can really utilize Justin Fields skill set unlike the previous play caller. But then it's like, OK, we'll compare it to the arm talent of Caleb Williams coming out of USC because that's yeah. going to be the, the main deterrent, right? Just look at, look, look at what you could pivot to. And I think the biggest difference too, like when we're talking about fields and we're talking about Kyler Murray and we're talking about, you know, their future and you and I are both uh, pretty confident that, that Kyler Murray's, is here in the yeah. desert in, in yeah. moving forward with the Arizona Cardinals where Justin Fields, it's a little bit more murkier waters is that, He's got his, his we don't he's got his fifth year option that they got to make a decision on mm -hmm. uh, and they got to make it like what is like we haven't really seen like what uh, uneven kind of rookie quarterback extension looks like 
like we've seen the big ones. We've seen a ton of those. We've seen a ton of them. Like you've seen teams just move on from a Mitchell Trubisky and, and decline that. And but you know, what does it look like when all parties can agree? Like, hey, this guy hasn't tapped into his potential yet, but we want to remain with the organization or the new look organization and figure it out together. But so we're willing to take this because is that is that Daniel Jones? Now I know Daniel Jones went yeah. to the postseason last year, but are you like, gonna pay yeah. Justin Fields forty plus million dollars for no, any amount I of mean, time? They don't have to. They could franchise listen, the, the the Giants then weren't faced with the reality of take the best take a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young or Daniel Jones. I bet they would have done that. The the Bears are going to have the first or second pick in the draft in a blue chip rich quarterback draft with a new head coach and a potentially a new general manager, why would they keep Justin Fields? There's no benefit to it. Our guy, Benjamin Albright, NFL insider out of Colorado, out of Denver, was just basically asked, like, what are the Atlanta Falcons going to do a quarterback? Are they going to keep Arthur Smith? And he goes, I think Atlanta is going to target Justin Fields. And then everybody got up in arms. It's like, well, Benjamin doesn't have an an agenda. This is what people in the interleague circles are talking about. Like, Fields is going to probably go for a mid-round pick to one of these teams, it's not going to have a chance to get a Drake May, a Caleb Williams, hell, a Jaden Daniels. So it's like, do you want Justin Fields, who's still relatively young, with some NFL starting experience, or do you want like a Bo Nix? Which, yeah. good hell, if you have to make that argument to your fan base. Good luck. Oh, God. Just had a horrible, horrible <laughs> premonition. And it's the, the Falcons. Some ibuprofen after yeah, that. Yeah, the, the Falcons, they move forward with Arthur Smith. Uh, and then they trade for Justin Fields, and then Arthur Smith throws 50-plus times a game because he's an absolute menace to everybody. Never utilizes his legs. Yeah. He's throwing to you know third-string tight ends and running reverse bullshit gadget plays yeah. and, and still losing football games. That's, that's a horrible, horrible reality for poor Justin Fields. Like That's got to be the worst situation, even though that's a, that's a place where you're like, hey, they seem like they're a quarterback away from contending for a playoff spot. Han shot first. Like, this is an interesting piece. Like, if the Bears fire their coach, field is 100% gone. What if they don't fire Eberflus? I, I, I'm not discrediting them for still moving on from Justin Fields. Like, there, I was talking with somebody off air yesterday, Bo, and basically, like, this coaching staff could potentially be the reverse of last year, where like minimal openings, really good candidates, maximum openings this year. Like, how many great candidates are there? Ben yeah. Johnson. Dan Quinn, Jim Harbaugh. Is that it? I mean, and then there's some middling names. Yeah. I mean, you can you can maybe persuade me on on the DC from from Baltimore, which still just learning a little bit about. That almost um, feels like Eberflus adjacent. Yeah, and, and, and Frank Smith down in, in Miami, and you're like, is he the one that's calling the plays on that offensive side? If you fire Eberflus, how are you getting people to take the Bears job? when you're courting them with Justin Fields. Hey, look at, we got Justin Fields. He's won 33% of his games. Check him out. Check out this tape from last year where he was running around when we were down 40 points. It's like, no, somebody's going to want their own quarterback. And like Eberflus didn't draft Justin Fields. Eberflus would love to see that rookie salary cap reset and just say, I don't want to pay Caleb Williams or Drake May any money. So I know we're not focusing that much on on Kyler Murray here, but it, it just, they're, they're inner tweet, inner what we've been storylines. We're like yeah. Gannon bought in with Austin Ford on Kyler Murray since day one. Fields, Eberflus, Ryan Poles, potentially all fighting for their jobs and 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 job security, frankly, in Chicago. It's completely different than the unified front we have in Arizona. 
Yeah, Michael Evans, I'm so effing tired of hearing K1 is the Cardinal savior. I don't know if anybody is in the camp that he's a savior. I think we're in a better spot now where we feel like Kyler Murray can be part of a successful team and has the infrastructure to do some good things going forward with the organization. I don't think saying, hey, him starting to get paid out of his extension, his five-year, $230.5 million extension, is anybody saying, oh, well, he's going now he's going to save the team. I think that you know there, there's a lot of work that has to be done on this roster for it to be a group overall that's going to be successful, and, and Kyler Murray can be the solution at quarterback. So yeah, I don't know if, if anybody on this podcast is – is saying he's such a polarizing figure that sometimes you have to go to bat for him and it looks like that you're just laying down in traffic for the guy or it's just you're making your case for him to to stay as the franchise quarterback and and he gives you the best shot moving forward the quickest shot to to get your team back to relevance and and build around him and create a, a strong roster top to bottom build the trenches build rebuild the wide receiver core the defensive line uh i think that's all you know, most of the discussion is it's, I don't think anybody's having the discussion any longer. Like, Oh, Kyler Murray is the, he, he can walk on water and this is the guy that's going to get you the promised land. I don't think they want to play football like that anymore. I think they yeah. want a quarterback who can elevate them and make plays when necessary. Kyler Murray was fair, or not asked to be the savior of this franchise when he, when he got here. I mean, he was, the, he was the most polarizing player, probably the most, outside of Larry Fitzgerald, well-known player on the roster. And and listen, he had to take the brunt of it when he was 20, 21 years old. And so now it's like, let, let's maybe even things out a little bit. You're still going to be the guy. You're making $52 million. But at $52 million franchise quarterback, I mean, that can look a, different to a lot of franchises, a lot of franchises. Uh, we're going to get to Adam Hogue from CHO here in just a second. But first, want to tell everybody about our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings pick of the week this week, Cleveland Browns. Money line. Cleveland is going to do what our friends or the foes are back. Yeah. Uh, CJ Stroud, <laughs> not playing. Not playing this week. Again, he's out. Uh, I'm going all in with Joe Flacco times two. He got it done for us against the Chicago Bears. He's going to get it done against Houston like Frable, his fraudulent ass, could not do. Don't be a fraud, though. Use DraftKings bonus code PH. Annex. We only have a few NFL Sundays left regular season to gamble. Dabble with new customers. Bet just $5 on the NFL. Score $150 in instant bonus bets. You will not regret it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Again, 5 bucks on NFL action to score $150 instantly in those bonus bets. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 878 878- Hope NY or text Hope NY in in Connecticut. Help is available for gambling problems. Call 888-789-7777. A lot of sevens or visit ccpg.org. You lose your bonus bets if you don't use them. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Check them out. Those sweet, sweet bonus bets, they do expire after 168 hours. Use them or you lose them, Bo. 
what do we got? Five shopping days left till Christmas. Is that what we're, we're up against it? That's for yeah. damn sure. Whatever it may be, our friends over at OG's brands is going to make it easy on you stocking, stuffing, whatever it may be, throw a couple bags of OG's brands, gummies in your tree. It's going to be the perfect gift for everyone. It's actually going to make you the life of your holiday party. If you got a couple yeah. of those left between now and Christmas, unwrap the merry and bright downlight delicious gift of OG's gummies this holiday season, whether you're giving the gift to your friends or your family members, it's the ultimate holiday hack for peace and mouthwatering cheer. Don't miss out on their entire product line because they tailor it to the experience that that, that you want, right? I mean, Arizona's premier cannabis kitchen, they don't just make a one-stop shop for you know one cannabis experience they do it for everybody because everybody wants something different from their gummy so check out what og's brands has for you at ogsbrands.com follow them on your socials as well and check them out you can buy them in your local dispensary anywhere around the valley check them out ogsbrands.com the entire lineup at ogsbrands.com he's the host of the chgo bears podcast our dear dear friend in the windy city mr adam ho joins johnny and bull brock here on phnx cardinals adam thanks for making some time today yeah what's up guys uh this is uh we, we here in chicago we thought this was this game was going to mean a little bit more last week and then they eber the fourth quarter again and, <laughs> and and now now we're wondering if there's any way the cardinals could actually win this game to help the bears draft stock so i don't know things have changed not not their own stock, right? Because Carolina's doing them pretty well with that uh, number one overall selection despite their win. Were you shocked? So Jonathan Gannon, I asked him about Matt Eberflus, and he was very complimentary of the head coach. He called him an elite leader. But then I turn on CHGO Bears, and I'm not exactly lining those two things up. This, this Eberflus thing has been very interesting. I don't think he's a bad coach. By any means, I think he has bungled some press conferences and some things that, you know, happen in press conferences that also affect your team. Like when he claims they, they, uh, you know, Chase Claypool decided to stay home when really they told him to stay home. Like, well, you know, that that's actually very important messaging that actually matters because it's you know, one makes the player look really bad and the others, I mean, I, either one's not good, but it's still the, the semantics in there actually do matter in that, that moment. And so there's been stuff like that that's happened throughout this season that I think have created these questions about his leadership ability. When I do think there actually is a very different view inside that locker room. Um, and in fact, you know, we get the opportunity to talk to Cole Komet, the bears tight end every week on CHGO as he's part of our family here. And he, you know, he's been very complimentary throughout the year about what Eberflus has done to keep these guys grinding through what has been a pretty tumultuous season at times. I mean, they started off horribly and then they, they've completely turned it around defensively. They actually have one of the best defenses in the league now. Um, and then meanwhile, they've blown these three games against the Broncos lions and now the Browns with double digit leads in the fourth quarter. And those are hard to overcome. And yet each time they've actually bounced back pretty strong. And so I, I think that there's, there are some signs that he's a pretty decent head coach. Um, I think the question here is when you hold, when you potentially hold the number one pick and potentially have access to a player like Caleb Williams in the draft, can you do better? Right. Can you, can you just cause you have a decent head coach, is it the right head coach for this situation? I think that's what's been dominating the conversation here in Chicago. 
It does feel like, Adam, the Cardinals and the Bears are, are kindred spirits in a lot of ways. Like, both <laughs> fan bases are, for the most part, staunchly defended their quarterback, right? Like, the, the Fields, Kyler Murray comparisons, although we've argued Murray's done a little bit more here. And then the Marvin Harrison Jr. factor, which everybody thinks everything will be remedied by by Harrison Jr.'s arrival, either in Chicago or in Arizona. Like, yeah. let me ask you this. Like, if they if the Chicago Bears end up with the number one overall pick, um, and, and they win, let's say one or two more games to end this year. Like, give me a prediction. I'm sure you guys do this all the time on your podcast. Check it out. CHGO bears. Like, what does that look like for Chicago? How do you, how do you quantify like, okay, we traded down last year. We passed on Bryce young, CJ Stroud. We were all in with Justin Fields. He's still got a winning percentage around like 30%. Like it's a fascinating case study. Cause I, I don't think it's been comparable to anything recently. No, it's, it's. No, it really hasn't. I don't I don't I can't remember a situation even across the league where a team had at least as talented as a quarterback as Justin Fields. I mean, obviously you can quibble with with the results and the records not good and all that, but I mean, no one's doubting Justin Fields pure talent. Yeah. Um and yet still had the number 1 pick in a draft that's really strong with quarterbacks. I mean, th that that's what's so wild about the situation that the bears could be in. So yeah, yeah. As you can imagine, we pretty much spend every minute of every day, uh, <laughs> you know, discussing this and, and thinking about it. Um, but I imagine they're doing the same thing inside Hal's hall all the time, yeah. you know, and, and, and I keep, I, I keep telling people that, it can't just be Caleb Williams versus Justin Fields. It has to be what can you get for Justin Fields? And then you list all those things out, what it would look like at the end of the day, if you went the Caleb Williams route versus what can you get? If you trade the number one pick, you keep Justin Fields. I mean, Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams alone, you throw in the quarterback money, you know, the contract, you, the, and and what comes with that, you have to pay Justin a lot sooner. Okay, I get all that. But what does it look like if you have Justin Fields and three first round picks? Because some team like I don't know the Raiders is is desperate to trade up, and they're going to give you that. Um, it, it's it's just a more complicated conversation than just oh, do you, yeah, this is a no brainer. You just start over with a young, talented rookie quarterback, and that's that. And we don't even really know what they can get for Justin Fields at this point. A lot of people throwing out the Sam Darnold trade, which was a second and a fourth, I think. Um, and that seems crazy in hindsight. It's like, if you could get that for Sam Darnold, you think somebody would give that up for Justin Fields? I mean, you would think so. Yeah. Let's talk about, like, I guess, the power trio of of the Bears from Poles to Eberflus to Justin Fields. Is it like those guys are all gone? Who gets to stay? Like, what's your conversations been about that recently? Yeah, I would be shocked if the GM's gone. Ryan Poles has actually done a pretty solid job. His sweat you know, move is just beautiful yeah. so far. Yeah. And it's completely made up for the Claypool trade a year ago, um, which was a disaster, but you know, every GM in the league makes a mistake here and there. And, and, and honestly, if you look at not only the totality of the moves and, but also, you know, the way he's gone about it, um, it it's there. I think there's a lot of optimism that Ryan Poles knows what he's doing. Um, the sweat, like you said, the Montez sweat trade has been a game changer uh, for the defense. And I mean, let's not ignore the trade last year. I mean, yes, you could look at it from the outside and be like, well, maybe they should have drafted CJ Stroud, but I mean, that was quite a haul they got from the Carolina Panthers and they're going to have the number one pick most likely on top of getting DJ Moore. 
who has also been, you know, a, a, a huge addition to the offense this year yeah. is having a great season. So, I mean, I, I don't know how you let a GM go after just two years when he's done moves like that. Um, so I think he'll be safe. The Eberflus conversation is uh, complicated, not for the reason, you know, I already mentioned some of that, but also like Ryan Poles hired this guy and I think he, Ryan Poles believes in this guy. And so you think that chances are Flus would be back, especially with this thing. I mean, they've been a 500 team basically since week five and the defense is completely turned around. There are reasons to bring him back. The wild card in all this is something that's not getting talked about nationally, but that's that the bears have a new team president, Kevin Warren, the former commissioner of the big 10 conference who came over uh, was officially announced in January. Didn't start really until April and he didn't hire Ryan Poles. He didn't hire mm. Matt Eberflus. Um, and the Bears have a tendency of doing all these things backwards, mm-hmm. which is how they built this thing, right? They had the quarterback first, then they got the GM, and then they tired the team president. It's like, no, you probably should do that the opposite, but that's what they do here. Um, so it's just, we don't know what Kevin Warren at the top, what he thinks about all this, because it was all put together before he got here and he might have a totally different view. He may want to go out and make a big splash like Jim Harbaugh. And, and that's, that's sort of this thing that's hanging over because it's been reported that Jim Harbaugh has a contract offer for Michigan and he hasn't agreed to it yet. And why would he, I mean, he should play his season out and see if there's any NFL teams calling. You talked about the trade down situation. You know, let's talk if the Bears somehow fall to, to the second overall pick. And the Cardinals right now, they're picking three. If they lose out, they're going to be third overall at worst. But I mean, if New England happens to lose out and the Panthers win one more game, those situations swap based on, I think, strength yeah. of schedule. So yeah. are you are you of the mindset like if they commit to Justin Fields, they're going to trade down? in your opinion, like they'll take a package for Caleb Williams. They'll take maybe a little bit of a lesser package for Drake may, or does it become, especially if you hit the second overall pick, maybe that's where we'd entertain a Marvin Harrison jr. Now that's, that's dismal for Cardinal fans to hear, but I, I cannot imagine. And I know different people involved, the Chicago bears entertaining Drake may another UNC quarterback. I I get it's not apples to oranges, but (laughs) man, there are just so many layers to this with Chicago. Well, and I've watched some Drake May tape already. It's 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 definitely completely different than Mitch Trubisky. Right. Um, I mean, sure. Drake May. J- Drake May is better, but yes, I, I I it it might be a tough sell. Um, look, if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm uh, I'm rooting. If you guys don't think you can get the first pick at this point, I would be rooting for the Bears to get the first pick. Um, because I do, to your point, I do think it opened. If you guys are zeroed in on Marvin Harrison Jr., I do think that that widens the door more to the Bears potentially taking him if they're at number two. Yeah. Because hypothetically, if they're stuck on Caleb Williams and they can't get Caleb Williams, well, then they're probably going to keep Justin Fields. Right. Depending on how they feel about Drake may, we don't know, but let's just go under that hypothetical scenario. They like Caleb Williams. They don't like Drake may. Okay. Now they have the two pick. Well, they're either going to look to trade back then out of the two pick, um, which would probably go to a team. Then that's trading up for Drake may you would think, or they're looking at Marvin Harrison jr. And how do you not like Marvin Harrison jr. And how do you not like the idea of having DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison jr. If you're going to move forward with, Justin Fields. That seems like it would help a lot. So yeah, I, if the Cardinals can't get the one pick, 
if I were you guys, I'd be rooting for the Bears to get it because I think if they have the one, it's it, it's either take Caleb Williams or trade out of there and another team moving up, which is draft Caleb Williams then. Hear that, Cardinals fans? You should feel pretty confident. That, that's got to make you feel good inside. Go go to sleep tonight feeling like, hey, they're going to have a pretty good shot at, at getting a, a really big-time wide receiver. All right, we want to ship scares, Johnny, unless you got some more – kind of big picture things about the bears. Now, I like, I, I think this, this bears dynamic is almost as fascinating as the Cardinals because <laughs> there's so many interweaving storylines. So no, I've taken up enough of Carm's time on that. You guys don't want to talk about, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all good. You want to, you don't, you guys don't want to talk about the Cardinals playing at Comiskey park. Like, like I still have, <laughs> I still have family members that are like, yeah, I remember the bears playing the Cardinals, you know? Like throwing it away back. Yeah. I mean, they, I'm sure they have great things to say about the Bidwills and, and all of that, you know, yeah. from, from those days. Um, no, when Montez sweat, we, we touched on him a little bit, but it's kind of transformed this defense, you know, with Kyler Murray, this offense, trying to find some sort of rhythm, trying to find a, an identity. And it seems to be quarterback to tight end. Um, what, what is Montez sweat? What has this defense been able to do over, especially over the last six games that has really, things have certainly changed. Well, look, the, the the one thing that they had failed to do for basically a season and a half under Matt Eberflus was rush the quarterback. I mean, they just weren't getting any pressure whatsoever. Um, they signed Yannick Ngakwe in August, you know, halfway through training camp um, with the expectation that he would at least give him, give you the minimum eight sacks that he had gotten every year of his career up until this point. Um, but I think, you know, just like we talk about number one or number two wide receivers, Yannick Ngakwe is a number two pass rusher. Like you don't want him being your top guy. And he just wasn't with, without the other help on the D line, he was struggling to get home because he was getting all the attention. So they make this trade for Montez sweat at the trade deadline. They give him a huge contract right away. And almost instantly it opened everything up. I mean, first of all, Montez sweat is just, I, I think he's one of the more underrated pass rushers in the league. Uh, he, you know, was overshadowed by three other amazing defensive linemen in Washington Yeah, and they couldn't pay them all, which is why they traded him and they traded chase young. But I remember on trade deadline day, um, those two trades happened almost simultaneously, like definitely within the same hour. And everyone was sort of freaking out nationally. Like, wait a minute, the bears gave up a second rounder for Montez sweat, but chase young went to San Francisco for only a third, like, John Lynch did it again. Like he, you know, he, he punked the bears. He, you know, and it's like, well, wait a minute, you go talk to the people in Washington. And, um, and I know Brian Baldinger, who's, you know, part of the all city family. He, he knows, um, coaches in Washington and right away was telling us, he's like, they're more upset about losing sweat. Like sweat is a constant motor plays the run gets to the quarterback, never complains, outstanding teammate, health is great. You know, that's why he went for a two and Chase Young went for a three. And that's how it's played out. I mean, he's opened everything up to the point that Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe is now out for the year with a broken ankle that he suffered two weeks ago. Didn't even notice he was missing against the Browns <laughs> the other day. Yeah, I mean, they, they just kept moving and sweat had a huge game. So he's been great. Let's talk about uh, another draft pick for the Chicago Bears and Darnell Wright. Now, the Cardinals traded back up after trading down last year for Paris Johnson Jr., but we had mocked Darnell Wright to the Cardinals in a lot of trade-down scenarios. It's been a player that we had our eyes on last offseason. Sounds like Bear fans are, are pretty happy with what they've seen out of the first-year player. 
Yeah, uh, tons of potential. The way he moves at his size is unbelievable. Um, you know, he even Sunday he he gets out 15 yards downfield. He's just mauling you know, smaller linebackers or really smaller DBs. Um, but just the way he moves at his size is pretty incredible. Uh, hasn't been perfect. He definitely has had penalty issues. Uh, he's almost averaging a penalty per game. Um, I'll take that out of a rookie, right? Like that's, those are the rookie things you can live with. You just don't want them to be overmatched and he's never looked overmatched. Yeah. Um, he had, uh, a shoulder issue earlier in the year and is going up against Max Crosby one-on-one with one arm. And there's a, there's one rep where he with one arm moves Max Crosby from like over here on your screen to the other <laughs> side of your screen. And like, that's a big moment. That's like, yeah, Oh yeah. wow. That's one of the best pass rushers in the league. And you can tell his left arm's just dangling at his side. Like he can't even use it. And he still did that. So that plays like that reps like that are why everybody's really excited. If he can just get more comfortable uh, in year two, lower that penalty number. A lot of those have been pre-snap some holds. Some of those like all holding calls are questionable, um, but it's, it's been uh, certainly viewed as a home run first round selection so far. Justin Fields has had maybe one of the signature rushing games that we got used to seeing last season where he went over the century mark against Detroit earlier this year. But other than that, he's just kind of had, you know, pedestrian relative to Justin Fields rushing totals and really has been held out of the end zone outside of two scores this season. Like, is that something that opposing defenses have accounted for so well, like the league got the blueprint on how to slow it down? Yeah, I think, um, Definitely. There's been a defense, a significant defensive adjustment. You know, a lot of times when you, when, and I'll do it too, when we make the argument that maybe keeping Justin Fields is the right move. You think about the fact that that's who defenses are scheming against every week. Mm -hmm. Like when they're getting in their meeting rooms, that's who they're worried about. We got to contain Justin Fields. We got to make sure he doesn't beat us with his legs. Um, and, And I think what's, what, what's kind of hard to answer about that question is what seems to be missing is something I'm a little surprised we haven't seen more of. And that's just, you know, last year, and you guys probably saw it on the highlights almost weekly, like he would bust out a 50 yard touchdown out of nowhere with his legs. And there just hasn't been, there's still been some long runs here and there, but those, those type of, um, you know, wow, this guy could score in any given snap, even a busted play could go for six, a 60 yard run at any given time. That's what's been not there. And I'm guessing that's partly due to defensive adjustments. I think a lot of it too is due to at least, especially early on in the year. And none of us here in Chicago really agreed with this approach, but they seem to, they seem to want him to play quarterback and test him to see, okay, can you actually just place, you Mm -hmm. know, sit in the pocket and do that? I think the answer at this point is, is pretty much no. Um, but they almost wasted a quarter of the season trying to do that. And there was basically, you know, no quarterback runs uh, during that portion of the season. Uh, coincidentally, there were no wins. We so uh, we had a small cottage industry where we were just betting the over on all yeah, just field, like rushing. Oh, last year, that, like, last year was a lock every week. Money. Yeah. yeah, every week we, we were doing that too on our pregame shows. It was like, well, you can't make this number high enough. Well, we'll <laughs> Well, you still take the over and it, and it worked until basically he got hurt in Atlanta, you yeah. know, late in the year. 
So I lied to Hogue. Uh, I'm going to ask another Eberflus job security question with okay. three games left. So they play the Cardinals. They play the Falcons. Then they're at Lambeau. Is that right? In yes. the finale in week 18. Does 7 and 10, depending on the optics, allow for Eberflus to stay, assuming that Poles is safe with the new team president? Because 7 and 10 feels like a pretty like solid. It's not a round number, but it, it feels like progress, right? Uh-huh. Whereas like yeah. 6 and 11 is is ugly we like we experienced that a lot here well well yeah i get it you know we we set the range kind of at seven to ten wins uh pre preseason you know okay. that's where you know it's like kind of like a minimum of seven should be where they get to and if things start to click maybe they could get to 10 and i don't think that that was wrong i mean you look at the three games that they've blown they should have three more Their over under was like eight and a half yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 so in that context, it's like they kind of, if, if they get to seven, it kind of gets to the minimum that we set. The problem is the context, right? And it's the reality that the week one game here could not have been hyped up more. You're going up against the Packers for the first time without Aaron yeah. Rodgers, and they didn't show up. I mean, they were horrible defensively. Uh, Aaron Jones got hurt in the middle of that game really hasn't been Aaron Jones all year since. And it didn't matter, you know, like it, it, and Justin Fields got outplayed by Jordan love. It was just, it, it it could not have gone from, you know, more excitement to the honeymoon period being over immediately. And everyone wanted to fire these guys. It was that bad, but it really was that bad. Then they go to Kansas city. They don't even show that they're not even competitive in that game. And it's not like, you know, the chiefs are still good, but they haven't been the chief chiefs this year. Mm-hmm. And they were that day when they faced the bears and, and then they blow the Broncos game the way they did. And in the middle of all this, he had to fire two assistant coaches, including his defensive coordinator for off the field stuff. Like yeah. behavior. Oh, I forgotten about that. Seems like forever ago. <laughs> yeah. But like, if I'm evaluating this thing as the team president, or the GM, I'm like, well, that's got to count towards something too. So when you, once you add in all the context and again, part of the context is too, the defense got better after they fired the DC, he took over the play calling. Everything's been working better, but how much of that is due to, to Montez sweat getting here too. So it's complicated. You mentioned that Lambo game week 18. Um, don't, I don't, I, I mean, don't minimize the impact that that could have this, mm-hmm. this ownership and the McCaskies, they really put a lot of weight on beating the Packers. And you, and I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the Bears have not beaten the Packers since 2018. So, <laughs> you know, emotionally, um, that's the type of game that if they win it, can maybe save his job. Absolutely. And if it's a disaster and they don't show up like they didn't, they did in Week One, then I could see it being, you know clean house the next day it's a it's a rough one to end with Bo. because yeah. if, if yeah. that game's this week and then you play the cardinals and the falcons you win those two games maybe it's man that's tough i i want to see just the camera on greg braggs jr throughout that entire game like i i just love watching him ride the emotional roller coaster through this bears season each and every day it's fantastic i think johnny or myself are going to join you guys tomorrow on chgo bears and we're looking forward to that but adam always great and a tremendous insight on the bears now and in the future thanks man yeah looking forward to, to hearing your guys insight on the cardinals tomorrow thanks for having me on today thanks hogue
The best. CHGO Bears podcast. Check it out. Entertaining regardless if you're a Bears fan, NFL fan. Uh, great stuff over at CHGO. Hogue, nobody better. Uh, so many fascinating storylines with the Bears yeah. and how that impacts the that, that Packers thing. It's, it's, I mean, there aren't a lot of rivalries in the NFL that match up with like the collegiate rivalries like the Ohio State Michigans, but like the Packers Bears thing, it's one of those that, that it's so important to uh, front office fan yeah. bases, obviously, and, and then ownership. To where if if you can't beat a certain team, obviously you know Yankees, Red Sox. Like if you if you don't beat that rival, that that go that's a strike against you. Like it's like there's making a playoffs, contending, but in, in in your record versus the rival. And if you what did he say 2018? Yeah, that's tough. That's cost a lot of coaches their jobs. Uh, I'm a little bit sick to my stomach thinking about Carolina now winning games. I I've been actively. <laughs> kind of rooting for that and now based on what Hogue said we're going to break that down look at the remaining schedules but first I'm going to break down the easiest stocking stuffer you've got this holiday season it's our friends at Arizona Lottery get some scratchers shove them into the stocking chef's kiss hell leaves him out for Santa he's over 21 do what you want to do <laughs> top prizes over five hundred thousand dollars scratchers just start at a single dollar perfect holiday scratchers for anyone naughty or nice and again, like if you don't want to brave those brick and mortar retail stores, you got a lot of online vendors that are saying after Christmas, Arizona Lottery is going to hook you up. Go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. And again, check them out. CircleK.com, plug and play, ArizonaLottery.com, 21 years and up, Bo. Can't beat those, of course, uh, unless you're looking for the newest twist on such a hot item these days. It's the seltzers, right? Everybody mm -hmm. loves a nice boozy seltzer. You can find some delicious flavors, but Wink separating themselves from just a very saturated pack. Wink is a seltzer, but instead of booze, it's got THC. That's yeah. right. It's uh, C THC and CBD. Each can has 2.5 milligrams and 5 milligram cans. You can buy them online. You can have them delivered to your doorstep. All you got to do is log on to drinkwink.com, D-R-I-N-K-W-Y-N-K, and you can start to uh, get 12 and 24 pack variety packs right now use the promo code phnx too how about this it's the season of giving and we're giving you 50 percent off wink right now so go to drinkwink.com buy your variety packs of 12 and 24 uh winks and you can save 50 percent on your total order so if you buy multiple racks of wink you're going to save 50% by utilizing that promo code PHNX. Also, you can check out their sister product, Countdown. You can ring in the new year with Countdown, but you got to buy these in your local dispensaries, the Cannabis and Tempe, all Sunday goods locations around the Valley. If you're down in the old Pueblo Tucson, how about the Green Med Dispensary? But check them out online, drinkwink.com, and it's sister product, Countdown. Ken Weber, I'm going to send Johnny a Capri Sun for Christmas. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely love that. I want that. Um, I, I do, what do we mess with here? I'm not a fruit punch guy. Anything other than that. Kiwi strawberry, usually my go-to. This is your go-to Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like this video. Let's get this over 200 likes. Drop a comment down below. Help share it around. That's a throwback, by the way. I can't remember when it happened. Uh, it was so many shows ago, but... We were talking serious Cardinals football. Right, I look into the I look into the monitor and I see Johnny Venerable just sucking down a Capri Sun like he's just relaxing on a beach somewhere. And I'm having hard conversation. I think it was right after the coaching change. 
It was so, probably like NFL PA grades day. And I just, yeah, you were just wetting your whistle with a good old, not a fruit punch. That's what we've learned today. He's not That's a fruit right. punch guy. Alex 499 super chat. What time will you guys be on the CHGO podcast tomorrow? I don't know that. Um, they asked for noon. We just got to figure it out because both Johnny and I are going to be at Cardinals practice tomorrow. So we're going to have to do some finagling to join some, our guys. Some fun times at Cardinal practice. Uh, somebody asked <laughs> earlier about um, what happened yesterday with Chandler Jones at the team facility. If you saw that on Twitter and did you see him at the f- facility, Bo? Uh, did not, but I did see the video from Chandler Jones um, that's circulating uh, online is it Red Sea Vic uh, and a yeah. couple other accounts that picked it up, and that's pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're if you're following the saga, which is is sad, and, and you wish nothing but the best for Chandler Jones, but uh, he's been arrested a couple times and and put up some pretty wild videos on his social media. Um, you know, it's it's just it's it's really really sad, and for him to be in town going to the facility where. You know, he's mentioned some of the players that are currently on the team on social media. Um, it's just, it's obviously for people's well-being. You just wish that you didn't see stuff like that. Yeah, all-time great Cardinal. Uh, and hopefully he gets the help that he needs. The Cardinals take it very seriously. Like and that. I think the Cardinals handled it well in the video, by the way. Yeah, um, and it, I've, I've seen even Chandler Jones, like a, a very legitimate, and this was, you know, months ago when, you know, his issues with Vegas began um, and, and he started mentioning, you know, anybody from Larry to Kyler to Buddha, uh, you know, they, they said, you know, if you see this person on in, in this area, make sure uh, you know what you're doing. I'm not sure what the protocol is, but they certainly had it in place. They were prepared for something like that. Chandler's a big guy, man. Yeah. Be, be six, prepared. Five, 260. Uh, but yeah, Bo and I'll be at practice the next two days. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, so I'm, I need like an Alka-Seltzer or a Tums or some kind of medication. Cause I, these last three games are going to kill your boy. Like I'm rooting for the Cardinals to win these games, but the draft implications, it's like <laughs> we have, we have previewed and gone through tank Tuesdays, the repercussions of wins versus losses, the, the hierarchy of this draft. And we are three games away, potentially three losses away from seeing that finally culminate. And I've got a Johnny on the spot dropping later this week, basically outlining like Imani Austin Ford this offseason made a lot of tough decisions and they weren't all for the benefit of this season. Mm-hmm. Like with a top three pick in sight, like not even just put it, put Marvin Harrison Jr. out, you know, for a second. You think about what Hogue said about like three first round picks for Caleb Williams. I would think something very similar for Drake May. Because there are teams that we've heard have Drake May first on their board. So they trade up for second like they trade up to first overall. The Cardinals are in a position right now with three games remaining to be the benefactor of a massive trade down or a Hall of Fame level wide receiver prospect. And as much as I want to see this team win, I'm going to be rooting like heck on Sunday for them to beat the Chicago Bears on Christmas Eve. It just it feels like you cut D-Hop, you cut Isaiah Simmons, you cut money in the offseason, you trade back in last year's draft not to take Will Anderson Jr. And I love Paris, but that move was to get an extra first-round pick this year. It's just like, I, I don't know. Do you think we'll see any shenanigans from the Cardinals these last three weeks, or is it business as usual, Bo? I, I just don't know if this this organization, you know, even though they use a Clayton Toon versus Joshua Dobbs quarterback competition as competitive advantage, and you could chalk that up as shenanigans, right? But 
I don't know if they're capable of shenanigans of pulling punches, right. You know, down the stretch. I, I just don't, I, I think what they really want to see is what the people inside that locker room are made of and that they can, can they make some decisions on, on people on whether or not they have a spot from the coaching staff to uh, more so the, the roster um, and, and who they can move forward with. And I think they have a pretty decent idea, but if, if, if the coaching staff shows any let up, then the roster is going to show let up. And then what's going to happen are unwatchable games. And, you know, with that can come a loss of faith in the current regime. And I, I just think that you can't lose anything, especially in the midst of a rebuild. Like you need to keep uh, a, a strong grasp on the fan base's confidence that, you know, even in a, in a three and 11 season and, and probably worse at the final whistle uh, probably, you know, four and 13 or, or three and, and 15 or three and 14 like that. Uh, you, you just have to, I think you, you play as hard as you can and, and you don't, you don't send anybody just for the sake of being in a prime position to, to get a Marvin Harrison jr. You all, you honestly can't do it. And I, and I've got, a ton of faith that he's coming out, but how, how can you do it with him not even declaring for the NFL draft yet? Which like, come on, Marvin, what's happening there? Can we, can we just, can we stop this? Can, yeah, can I proceed? agree. It seems like we talk about shenanigans. It's this like, is excessive. This is very yeah. excessive. Jim cook asking in the chat, if not Marvin Harrison, who's next on the cards wish list. I mean, I, we can tell you who we like, I think they will prioritize for the second consecutive year line of scrimmage play. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a corner worthy of that spot. Somebody DM me the other day, or I think it was our guy, Charles friend of the show, basically saying like Malik Napers should be in that conversation. Trevor Sigma, a PFF has him like sixth or seventh overall or fifth. Even I, I think fourth, if they go, if they're picking fourth would be a little rich for, for him and for Austin Ford. I, I think well, do you navigate it like you did the previous draft? If you're if you play yourself into that scenario, which it, it's it's a tough pill to swallow, right? Because you were in such prime position to get a Marvin Harrison Jr. But if you play yourself into a scenario where you're fourth and the board just suddenly becomes wide open, and yeah, line of scrimmage, absolutely. Like if they're not going to get like this generational type talent. Uh, at wide receiver, why not start continue to eat your vegetables and, and build the trenches? But do you do you navigate it like you did the previous draft, where you're at three, you trade down a few spots, and then if there's somebody that you got to the top of the board that's within striking distance, could you trade back up? I don't think it's going to play out like that, but could you trade down and stay within striking distance of fashion an alt? Uh, Jared Verse or one of the top edges or a Malik Neighbors who you know I don't think is is a, a far far cry from Marvin Harrison Jr. I think we all be become fans of Jaden Daniels if you're not already and be yeah. rooting for Jaden Daniels to have a hell of an offseason Anthony Richardson style. Uh, let's check out the remaining schedules for what I'm going to call the Big Five. The Big Five being, of course, the Panthers two and twelve, the Patriots three at eleven, the Cardinals, the Commanders at four and ten. And then the Bears, of course, the Bears have the weakest strength schedule of all the teams. And there's like six of them with five wins. We checked it out. But again, we're going to keep coming back to this because this is basically Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr. Some combination of that is going to go one to three. Feel very confident about that. And then you're looking at four and five, getting a chance to take the top tackle, one of the top tackles or 
the best pass rusher in the class. But, I mean, like, looking at this for the Panthers, the Panthers have every incentive to win games because they don't have their first overall pick. And I just really want to think back to what Hogue said. Like, I think the Packers will beat the Panthers this week. I think the Jaguars should win that game. But, like, what happens if the Buccaneers have the NFC South sewn up by week 18? And they're sitting players, albeit at like eight, nine, like that, that could be a problem. Now the Patriots, I mean, the Patriots could potentially beat the Broncos this week. Belichick hasn't lost to the Jets in half a decade. And then you've got the Cardinals. The Cardinals strength of schedule is going to be their biggest bugaboo because if the Panthers, if you wanted them to jump the Panthers and have an opportunity at the first overall pick, they would have to win two of three, which seems like a Herculean effort for how bad that roster is. But, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, Bo, the Commanders are going to have a chance to beat the Jets this weekend. Zach Wilson's out with a concussion. It doesn't look like he'll play. That franchise is, is in complete disarray. I don't care that they beat who they beat, the, the Dolphins two weeks ago, or they lost the Dolphins, but they beat they beat somebody two weeks ago they weren't supposed to. The Houston, I'm going to yeah. tell you right now, I think the Commanders are going to win on Sunday. That's a, my bold prediction of the week. It's the it's the league's worst offense in the Jets and the league's worst defense in Washington. It's just absolute br- brutal display of football on paper. Uh, not looking forward to it, but you know it. This shame on the NFL for doing this, like with the 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 draft order being contingent on the strength of schedule, and the Arizona Cardinals get a they basically get a five sixty strength of schedule that they've faced this season and they finished in fourth place last season. Now, a lot of that has to do with the, the, the division that they reside in the NFC West it doesn't get as much love as, as it deserves. Um, but it, as you said, that's what torpedoes them down draft boards. If they do win any more football games and that that's unfortunate, like it favors the teams with the weaker strength of schedule that, that can just aren't, can't even perform against a weaker opponent. Um, but yeah, I mean, Carolina, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence that they can get anything done the rest of the season. The Patriots, I mean, it, it's the same thing that Patriots fans and, and everybody have been trying to bank on since Brady left. Like can Belichick elevate this terrible roster? Uh, can he continue to do what he's done against the jets? You know, since what was it? Damon dog. Was it 2016, 2015, 2016, I believe 2016 jets haven't been able to beat them since then. That's insane. That I thought it was like 2018 bear style. You're telling yeah. me it's 2016. Since Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing QB for the uh, <laughs> jets with uh, Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker as his leading receivers. That's, That's incredible. Wild. That is absolutely incredible. And you know, Belichick's last game, that game's in new England, right? Can we see that yeah. one more time? That yep. game's in new England. There's no way the Patriots are losing to the jets in, in week 18, 0.0%. <laughs> That's going to be, I'll put my life. So give him a four. Give him a four. Yeah. So, so the Patriots are going to be at worst four and 13. So I, it, yeah. And I think, the, I think Sam Howell, God love him. Uh, I think Sam Howell and that Washington offense can get to a number that the jets just can't get to despite, you know, the, the talent and how they played on defense. I, I think Washington wins that game that puts Washington at five and 10. Like there, there's no certainties here. The but, Cardinals deserve a two-game buffer with two games to go. They absolutely – that's what I – like, if the Cardinals win this weekend, that's awesome. If Washington wins, we're throwing a parade, and they're, they're staying right where they're at. 
But if the Cardinals get somehow get to five wins, they could go from the third pick with three weeks to go. Let's say they win this week and then they win in the finale and like mm-hmm. Seattle sitting players. They could go from three to ten, three to nine. Like I did not endure. This fan base did not no. endure this season for the tenth pick in the draft. I will not stand for it. I don't want to see it. I want them yeah. to win every game, of course. I want Gannon to go to Philadelphia and stick it to them. I I I won't I won't be able to do our draft show. I'll be physically <laughs> ill if they're picking nine or ten in this draft. Having not traded, you'll just them. be comatose the entire draft I season. Ghost, ghost, <laughs> white face. I'll be on the floor. You're gonna have to give me an IV, and I will not be able to proceed. That is just that is horseshit. I am not gonna be here for that, Austin Ford. Figure it out. I can't do that. Figure Five it out as far as tell JG you're, like to to take a fall in weeks. 16, Listen, 17, and 18. It's for the greater good. You're talking about it's a great we lost the battle, but we won the war. Greater good. Last J- year. JG is the biggest unified front guy, right? He he wants the the organization from top to bottom to, to, to agree on the same messaging. I, I, but if Monty Osfort steps into his offense and says, Hey, I need you to lose the next three games, I would envision going well, to the Cardinals facility and them fighting on the front lawn of the well, facility. Why don't you tell everybody who practiced at wide receiver boat today? And then you want to well, yeah, it's interesting because when we see next year. When we see the, I see in the chat too, it's like somebody was making the case like, hey, I don't like Malik Neighbors because he plays primarily in the slots. Like, look, Arizona Cardinals don't have any you wide receivers. You need everything. You need everything. This they have everything. three wide receivers under contract. I am a broker record at this point, but legitimately just one wide receiver because what, and Baldy was right when he told us this yesterday, Rondell Moore has become a gadget player. He's not even a, a, a threat in the, in the passing game. And then Zach Pascal, as, as Kyle Odegaard pointed out today, I think he's got like 19 yards on 15 targets this season. I mean, you've got legitimately one wide receiver in rookie Michael Wilson, who's missed four games after having an injury plague tag given to him in college. He's missed four games this season. He plays at least outside. Yeah. Like you're not turning your nose up on anybody because they play inside or outside. Like they need it all. If, if Malik Neighbors is a playmaker, you need it. Like people, but people, I agree with people. Lamb like, plays in the slot. Top CD five Lamb is, is too rich. Top five is too rich for Neighbors. But what I'm saying is he's a really rock solid consolation prize to a Marvin Harrison Jr. So is Roma Dunzier. I mean, I think that this is a talented wide receiver crop. What are you shaking your head at me for? I'm. I'm I. I just. While we're in this striking distance, I don't want to talk about other receivers right now. Can we do that? Can we take a three-week break? No. I don't want to talk about Roma Dunsey. Don't be such a wuss. Stop. Don't call me that. Put on your big boy pants. This is a very sensitive time. (laughs) I have followed this franchise since I was about, okay, I'm this tall I agree with that, Ralph. But I'm I'm this tall. When I was a little guy. And I've watched this team have an opportunity to take some really good players, and then they win a couple games at the end of the year. And it's like <laughs> this, this friend, you cannot strip it down to the studs. This puppy's barely, it's like you take a car and it's barely drivable. You can barely insure it, right? You cut everybody, you you've, you know, you fortify the cap for next year, and then you you win two out of three games. Johnny, let me tell you a not so distant story of the 2022 season, right? And how it ended. The Houston oh, Texans and their interim coach, Lovey Smith, and his gray beard, much like Santa, he refused to lose. And he gave Texans fans coal for that Christmas. It, it was after Christmas. But this is with my holiday theme. And they said, 
what the F just happened? We won a meaningless game. We fell out of the top pick. We fell to second overall, right? And everybody's like, oh, well, Bryce Young is the consensus number one quarterback. And, you know, the Bears have the top pick. What should they do? And then Carolina trades up and they, they take Young. And what happens to Young? That everybody thought was far from happening with Bryce Young at Alabama. They thought it was a sure thing. But what is he not? He's far from a sure thing. And then the next player on the board at the same position, CJ Stroud, was a sure thing. Like, there, there's nothing as far as the draft process because everybody wants to talk like they know exactly how to tell the future. They're Miss Cleo and they're reading the cards and they know exactly that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be it. And I, and I believe that to an extent. But if anything like NFL draft history tells us, guys bust. And like you just can't you can't count your draft cards now or your draft card chi- chips right now uh, because it's it's just way too early in the process. I can and I will. Topic sixty four four ninety nine back to back super chats. Thank you so much, our guy JV and Bo B. We need two wide receivers and a quarter draft and yeah. free agency. This has to happen. Topic sixty four adds on tall receivers. I left that out. I think that goes without saying. It's a mandate, right? They're not going to go out and sign small receivers with this regime. I think we've talked about this topic sixty four. If they don't have access to Marvin Harrison Jr., you have to sign a free agent wide receiver. Maybe not of note, but somebody who's capable at least cracking the starting lineup. I'm not saying the Cardinals need to tank. Can I just be emotional here? What are you saying? Yeah, place. you are. <laughs> this is a safe place. This is a safe place for me to say. Like we've endured really yeah. rough consecutive seasons it's the only two seasons you and i've spent together and i i'm looking ahead to april and i i look at blue chip wide receiver hall of fame level prospect or the potential for a massive trade down for one of these two quarterbacks and if they win one of these if they win two out of the three which is possible yeah. Kyler, i look at that schedule my like, kyler murray's a better quarterback than any of those other teams are sporting it, it just it makes me a little uneasy because i'll be excited in the moment and then it's you're just right like you're Go right. Ahead. I should have asked. I think it's it's a great it's a great lesson to learn in any partnership, and you should utilize it in your life when you're talking to your partner and they have maybe had a long day at work and they start to vent. You ask, "Would you like to be emotional? Uh, would you like to just vent and have me be there by your side and and I'll be most of the time, or would you like to have a logical conversation about things?" Okay. Uh, and, Okay, yeah. don't patronize me. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Uh, I do like our friends at Desert Financial Credit Union, the official credit union of the Arizona Cardinals. Maybe I can use one of their uh, loans to go buy a new co-host. Uh, they've got checking, <laughs> savings accounts, credit cards, investment options, and more. For more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest and most trusted local credit union dedicated to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community and providing financial solutions that make life better. And if you're an Arizona sports fan, there's no better place to do your baking than Desert Financial Credit Union. Venerable Household uses it. They're all over the East Valley. It's fantastic. It's the best place to show your team spirit. Rock the Arizona Cardinal Visa debit card. Your boy does. Show your team spirit. Open a free checking account today at DesertFinancial.com. It's super easy. Trust me, it takes about five to ten minutes. Debit card comes in the mail shortly after. Get on the right financial track here ahead of 2024 with our friends, desertfinancial.com slash cardinals. Tough to beat what they're doing over at Desert Financial. I'm going to set up uh, a son, a little saving his account over there. Get them, you know, it's never too early to start teaching your family, your kids about money. Uh, also, it's, it's tough times these days for the Phoenix Suns, but you have to feel at some point 
this basketball team is going to turn it around. Is it going to come up on December 22nd against the Kings? Could that be the turning point? Well, you can tune in for free with our friends over at Arizona Family Sports, right? You got to check them out. You can find them on Arizona Family 3 TV and Arizona Family Sports Channel 44 here locally. All you need is uh, bunny ears at the very least to do it. Get yourself uh, some sort of antenna. You can watch all the games there. The Suns hopefully start to heat up soon. That antenna, you got Channel 3, 3.5, Channel 44 here in Phoenix. Cox Cable, you can turn into Channel 13. Uh, but if you're in this great state of Arizona, you're Yuma, you're in Tucson, you're in Flagstaff, well, you can just log on to azfamily.com and click Suns Games for listing information in your area. AZ Family is a great resource to help you find Phoenix Suns Games in on Arizona Family Sports. Leave a like on this video. Bo and I will be at practice tomorrow repping our PHNX sports gear. You can pick some up right now. Go phnx.com, become a diehard. 20% off the uh, fabulous um, merchandise locker. Pick up a free hat and or shirt. The Discord is popping off this week. We're talking yeah. draft. We're giving insight. It's a great place to talk Cardinal You're being emotional ball. in the Discord. That's... I am very emotional. I'm on there. I was on there like after midnight last night just typing out emotional thoughts. I almost, I did a mock draft PFF simulator. I was trading first for Brian Burns. I mean, things get, things get heavy and wow. they get weird in the discord. So check it's it out right after now. dark in the, with the right. simulator. That's what we need to do. Uh, we also need you. Yeah. To check out uh, Howard balls or go phnx.com Arizona Cardinal beat reporter. He's got fabulous work on go phnx.com. I'm going to tell you right now, Bo Brock. Mm-hmm. If this team beats the Chicago Bears on Sunday, I will be excited. I will be excited for Kyler Murray and this fan base and Jonathan Gannon. And also, they'll they'll still be within the top four picks at the end of Sunday. Nothing can change that. Then we're just going to have to wait and see. I might need my hand held over the next two weeks, by the way. <laughs> I'm here for you. Okay, thank you. I'm here for you, award-winning producer Damon Dog and the entire chat and Discord. We're here for you. When you put yourself through that emotional roller coaster that is the final weeks of the season, as the Cardinals are in a spot right now to land a big time wide receiver. Now, the Cardinals made a couple roster moves today. They had the IR tight end Jeff Swaim and linebacker Josh Woods. And Woods was already filling in for starting linebacker because you're white. So they're gutted at the linebacker position. They did sign Tyreek Maddox Williams, solid name as far as the player goes. Not We don't know too much about him from the practice squad. And then they go out there and we talk about when Cardinals need size at the wide receiver position. They went out and got it at the tight end position, uh, Travis uh, Vokalek out of Baltimore. And I saw this guy flash in the preseason. His name was very familiar, played his final collegiate ball at Nebraska, but he's 6'7", 260, big boy uh, out there. And he caught some passes in the pa- in the preseason. Um, should be interesting. He's on the active roster to see if, uh, if they utilize him, maybe in some three tight end sets. I would think also Calvin Beecham maybe as possible as a six offensive lineman. Swain was a tremendous run blocker because I think Elijah is going to have a bigger role these last three games. Going to be showcased, especially Greg Dorch and Hollywood Brown didn't practice today. Yeah, And you've got Gannon coming out and saying he's concerned about Hollywood Brown's heel. Like, that ain't good. This is going to be a tight end running back offense. You know, stop me if you've heard that before. Offense for the rest of the year. And I think uh, showcase these young tight ends. Let James Conner eat. Mix in some DiMercato, some Michael Carter Jr. Like you can win that style of football against the Chicago Bears. Absolutely yeah. you can. The yeah. Bears are going to come out. And I could be putting my foot in my mouth and they're not going to score 30 points on the Cardinals this weekend. 
unless the Cardinals fumble the ball around, turn the ball over. Right. But the, but the, the Cardinals, this Vegas says it's a four point game. I think that's right. I think it's almost a field goal game and it's going to be a one possession game in the fourth quarter. It's who makes the least amount of mistakes between Justin Fields and Kyler Murray. You know, we talked to Kyler today and there's been a lot of, you know, back and forth, especially in our chat and our discord about, you know, who's to blame for the lack of involvement in the wide receivers. And, you know, Kyler obviously is, is sympathetic, empathetic to the wide receivers plight. Like, you know, every wide receiver is going to say they're open and, you know, why are they not getting the same production as the backs and the tight ends? But, you know, at the end of the day, the quarterback position is trying to do the best you know, to make winning plays out there. Right. And he's, he's admitted that obviously losing the turnover battle is a losing stat. Right. But as far as, you know, dictating who gets the football, I, I don't think Kyler Murray is going to play that game and what the, the game plan on Sunday and what pr- was presented as far as within the plays on who was open. And I watched the all 22 and there were not a lot of wide receivers open at all. Yeah. It was Trey McBride, uh, a little Elijah Higgins in, in some of the backs. But other than that, as Baldy said, the wide receivers were invisible. Yeah. Yeah. I, like invisible, small, just not, not impact yeah. players. Like they can't for Kyler Murray to operate in the NFL. Like he, he can't have no semblance of a passing game. Like he is a thrower of the football first. And so I know a lot of people are well, just use your legs. I mean, he's not Justin Fields. He's not built like Lamar Jackson were. That's an option every time. Like Kyler Murray has a unique skill set. Take off five to six times a game. Try not to get hit on at least half of those. And, and, and he's got to be operating in the pocket. And I'm sorry, we've seen it. He prefers bigger receivers. He'll never, I, I'm sure he'll never say that publicly. Hollywood's his best friend. You know, I'm, he's buddies with Rondell Moore. But like he needs guys, big body targets. I mean, I would say most quarterbacks are probably that way. They would rather have a bigger target to be able to throw to. The Cardinals outside of Trey McBride give you no option to go up and get the football 50-50 balls. So you damn well been better be separating about 5 to 10 yards in your route. If you're an underneath guy, if you're a smaller guy, guess what? Cardinals have the worst separation rate in the NFL for receivers this year. So that's not a good combination. Small, and I don't want to say slow, but can't separate. Two S's yeah. make an F for this receiving core. It's crazy. Like You see a lot the the watch the tape bros out there. And I watched it and there's, there's just not, a, there just wasn't yeah, any text me before the show. He's like, yeah, I watched uh, the replay of the game and no one could get open the first drive where they had a tremendous amount of success. It was Trey McBride was really the only option. And that's what Kyler Murray did. He went to Trey McBride where they moved the ball down the field with ease. And then you continue to watch it. And you know, San Francisco did a good job. Like the, the pick six was egregious. It was bad. It was a, it was a bad play by Kyler. I, Murray. Like, but, like people are going to call me a homer. Like I don't, who else is he going to throw to? You got to throw the ball. Well, he threw to the right guy. He just threw it way too late. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I mean, it's not a good play. Austin Romano asking Bo and Johnny, what are the chances we see tune in the, in the season with the injured offense that we have? You, you've been put, we've been talking to this Austin. I don't know if you've, you've, You've seen it, but we've been talking about and speculating already about that. So you should bring that up, Austin. I may or may not have a, a new piece dropping on Friday, touching on just that very subject, potentially, if the Cardinals were to lose these next two games and what needs to happen behind closed doors to make sure shit gets handled. Great, great question. I would say, Austin, check back in in about 13 days. Or Clayton Tune. Poor Clayton Tune. Oh, I'm sorry. You get to play the, the NFL? tune. 
We saw they sacrificed him <laughs> once before against Miles Garrett and company. What if they have no problem doing that again? What if this? What if Clayton Toon for his in making a second start? This is a hypothetical because I, I don't I know think he's going to start the game. Deal. No, no, no. I'm going to go the opposite way. What if it's a repeat performance? What if Clayton Toon just shows for a second straight game that he can't even sniff playing at this level? I thought you were going to say, what if he wins? And I, I know. I, that would have destroyed and It's me. my little twist at the end. Uh, but what if he shows he can't play? Then you're in the market for trying to find at least a, a, a solid backup this offseason. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm, I'm going to guess that they're probably in that market anyway. Yeah. A fifth-round rookie quarterback i don't are you ever safe like he he would need to take strides this offseason i think with kyler murray you need to have a competent backup because he gets banged up you need like a dobbs-esque backup go find the next dobbs that nobody wants to pay and bring him in could be i'm gonna tell you right now jacoby (laughs) jacoby Brissett has had a really disappointing season in washington hasn't been able to crack the lineup he's not gonna be back there Get Jacoby Brissett for like a ham sandwich to come here for like two million bucks. Hello, Jacoby. Hey, Monty has ties to like Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, like uh, go go get a vet because next year I don't want to see a fifth round rookie in games that fucking matter that count. If Kyler Murray's that's what Kyle did a nice job signing Colt McCoy once upon a time because he helped you not embarrass yourself and win games when Kyler was out. I'm 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 not a believer that Tune can do that next year even with an improved roster. Maybe I'll maybe I'm wrong. No, Tune, if you want to sacrifice Tune to Seattle off of two <laughs> losses, the, your boy here is not going to have any problems. With here's, here's what I, I will admit. Like, if Tune goes out there and is truly sacrificed uh, for the Arizona Cardinals and is, is he's, here you go. he's, here he's, you the, go, he's the Marvin Harrison Jr. savior, right? He will be like gladiator. We will carry his body out of the arena. That's such a great comp. I will. We will. I will do an entire ninety-minute show on Clayton Tune and the sacrifice he made. <laughs> Absolutely. No, Ken Weber, not out of tune. Tune me the fuck up. If Clayton Tune gets you Marvin Harrison Jr., like I just, I print the Clayton Tune. I'll buy. I'll say right now. I will make, make a prediction right now on this show. If they fall through with that. And Clayton Toon falls through with the master plan, and it leads to Marvin Harrison Jr. I will buy a Clayton Toon jersey and wear it proudly <laughs> for for about ninety percent off on NFLShop.com. <laughs> that, listen, we're talking about it. You know they're talking about it. There is zero chance that they haven't talked about that. He, uh, I mean, Jonathan Gannon. Not, maybe Gannon I can like be repeated. It's an awesome for you. Yeah. Uh, Gannon no. doesn't. Gannon's told people, "I don't control the roster." The they'd have to be a unified front. I'm giving too much away yeah. from my Johnny on the spot, but it'd have to be a unified front. You get the three decision makers, one of which being Kyler Murray, in a room in a janitor's closet, and you just say, "Hey, this is what we're doing." And then you pull somebody pulls out their phone and they start showing YouTube clips of Marvin, and then you just say, "I, I feel really <laughs> good about this." That's what you got to do. Austin Ford has been working. <laughs> The streets, the college streets all year. If you know he Marvin Harrison Jr. is like a 99 on their board. You got you gotta make it no. happen. You gotta make we're so close. Don't take <laughs> it away from me. Ken Maximus Tune. Maximus Tunis. He's uh our going to war, battling for our gladiator here in the Coliseum as we just get ripped shred to, to shreds on a weekly basis at home. Just one then, last one last time. 
And the and the flip side is if he beats the Seahawks, then we never acknowledge Clayton Tune again. He's he's done. No, come on. I'm just kidding. Then we say, hey, maybe maybe he's got some of that potential that we saw in training <laughs> camp. Jack Smith, we're picking at nine, Johnny. I don't like that, Jack. <laughs> Get that energy out of here. Clayton Tune, who we saw in training camp, we don't know if it was actual potential or. Colt McCoy doing what Johnny just did and just pointing like, Oh, he wasn't just pointing at receivers. He was, he was actually throwing the football. It's like when I stand next to somebody who's five, four, I'm like, yeah, tough, tough go. <laughs> yeah. You're having a tough time. You don't really know what you're grading on a curve. Anytime tune with completed pass at training camp, we're getting off track. I like, guess yeah. a good throw. And then other people come up to me like, well, it's Cardinals defense. So you just, you, know, you don't really know how it is. And then we saw him literally have the worst game any quarterback has had in like 20 years against the Browns. All right, let's just do this real quick because I see the likes are a little bit down. If if you want oh, come on, guys. the Cardinals to lose out, and I think that probably the majority is lose out for Marvin, right? Maximize your chances at Marvin. Hit the like button. Let's speak it into fruition here. Uh, other than that, it's been a fun Wednesday show of PHNX Cardinals. We will be at a practice. Make sure you look for all the content tomorrow at PHX underscore Cardinals. But we won't have a daily show. We're back on Friday with uh, our big preview show. Hopefully get one more CHO. If you do want it a little Johnny or Bo, one of us will join the CHO Bears guys tomorrow at uh, I think 11 o'clock AZ time. So we're going to we're gonna divide and conquer and get that done for you. But uh Thank you for the interaction in the chat. Big thank you to our guy, Adam Hogue. Tremendous insight on the Bears, giving us a little, uh, uh, making us feel a little comfortable as far as Marvin Harrison's status as a future Cardinal. Drop a like on this video, subscribe to this channel. Of course, rate us five stars. We listen to podcasts and leave a review. Talk to you guys on Friday.